And now, sifting through the static with your host, Justin Brenner. I'm very excited today to talk about, and I'll be honest, and I told Maxwell this before the call, I don't know anything about the Ford method. So I'm going in this just as blind as you guys, um, blind leading the smart here. Or actually, it's the other way around, the smart leading the blind. So <laughs> tell us a little bit, obviously, for those that uh, don't know you, um, just a little bit about your background, um, kind of what you're up to now. Um, I think you even got banned on Facebook, if I wasn't mistaken. Is that still a thing? I did. Yeah, it's still still a thing. Although I figured out like two days ago that I um, I forgot that I have a, a like a public figure page and then okay. I'm still like attached to it. And so I started posting stuff the uh, the other day on that page just because I've like haven't posted something on Facebook in a long time. Um, mm-hmm. So I still have access to Facebook technically, but um, <laughs> but now I'm sure because of this somehow I'll, I'll get banned again or something will get figured out. But um, but yeah, I got it's been been over a year now since I got banned. Um, and it's like you know there's there's bans and then there's bans, right? So there's like you can get you know your ad account deactivated, your business manager deactivated. Um, but then there's certain levels of profile bans where it's like, nobody can help you because we know plenty of people. There's, you know, people we know that's, Hey, pay us five grand or, or whatever it might be. And like, we'll get you whatever back. We have plenty of those connections. Um, but like my profile got nuked, like there was no appeal. There's no, no, nothing. Um, and still like, still have no idea. Um, and that's like, there's a caveat and then we'll dive in here. That's the, the, you know, Elon, obviously everyone's on here is like following Twitter. What's going on there, getting a ton of shit. I think he's making a ton of, you know, ton of mistakes but like the the one thing that i give him a ton of respect for is like he's at least being transparent with shit he's like yeah i banned all these people probably a bad idea but like here's why i did it and i changed my mind um so like still facebook we get no no transparency and and no idea why we're why we're banned or how's that impacted your business that's like that's one of the biggest fears of mine when i sleep at night is like and it's happened before like i've woke up and like i couldn't post an ad leaks or whatever but how has that affected your business sense in terms of revenue or you know? Yeah. We're, um, I'm very, very lucky in the sense that I was no longer the focal point of the business in terms of revenue generation, like in terms of the, the, the media buying itself, what I eventually transitioned to was, um, more training education than testing and experimenting. Like that's what I like doing. Yeah. And and even now with TikTok, right? Like I, TikTok's been around for over, I've been on it for over two years. Like I'm already like trying other things. I get bored. Like, it's like, I kind of did this. I kind of figured it out. I taught people about it. It's fun, but like there's, what are the next things going to be? Right. So I'm, I'm testing. We're, we're one of the first people to test ads on truth on rumble. We're looking at, um, you know, Hulu, we're on their ad platform. So there's like, there's so many places to advertise Quora, Twitter, you know, kind of retrying some of their ad stuff. Um, and then whatever Apple comes out with this year with AR, like I'm sure there's going to be their AR head release, the headset releases here, which will AR go mainstream. They're building up their ad platform. So there'll be something there. So like, um, so yeah, we have an amazing team and that team, knock on wood, doesn't have any issues. Um, yeah. So we're, we're diversified enough there that it really didn't have an impact on like what any of our businesses. What do you still see as King what platform? King one and two. Which one? Facebook, Facebook, without a doubt. Like, and this is, this is, I, I get a lot of, I can tell it's kind of aimed at me. It's like, it's general stuff put on social media, but I can tell like some of it's like maybe some of the stuff that I've said back when I kind of kicked off Facebook, like you can have two opinions, right? Like I can have a personal view that like, I don't like Facebook. Um, personally, I don't like TikTok either. Like, I think it's, it's a terrible technology and come, like, it's bad for us as, as human beings and our as a parent now, like, I think it's terrible. So I, I can have like a personal view and say like, 
you know, you should be experimenting and trying different things and testing different things. But at the same time, like you can still admit from a business standpoint, like we never stopped advertising on Facebook. Facebook is still the superior ad platform. That's why it's still got over hundred billion in ad spend. TikTok's going to be 11, you know, 11, 12 billion this year. Like it's not even comparable. So it's Facebook, Google, you know, Google, YouTube under that umbrella. And then you have, you know, Amazon is quickly becoming a, a major player. I think you need to be there if you have any type of, of footprint in Amazon. Um, and then, you know, kind of TikTok falls under that, but it's still, there's still a massive gap between those platforms. Yeah. Yep. Well, I can talk all, I don't want to, I, I don't want to get away too far of what we came here for because yeah. I can talk to you for an hour just on this subject. Um, I can come back. Reason- we can do, we can do a, we'll do a live you and maybe we can just bullshit about this stuff and trends yeah. and talk about the I, industry. I think that would be good. I would love to do that with you because it's been so long. Um, let's set that up after. So the real reason we're here is the Ford, Ford method. Um, yeah. I think I saw this or saw it one place, I think you did maybe like another thing about this. I don't remember where it was, but I mean, it's a big, bold statement. You're saying, hey, I have this method and it can 10X your creative. Yep. And that seems like it's a huge problem solve for basically any media buyer, right? I mean, the biggest the biggest problem we have is usually is creative, creative mm-hmm. fatigue. Um, and this sounds like this could be a game changer. So I'm going to kind of let you kind of just explain a little bit about what the Ford method is. And then I think we're going to actually dive in and do like a, you know, take a piece of creative and then actually 10 exit and see what that looks like. So people can actually understand the process. Um, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'll show you, we have a, a kind of Google sheet, Google tracker that I can show you from a, a strategic standpoint, tracking same, like how we do everything before we shoot. And then I'll show you, we'll dive in, I'll share my phone. We'll open up CapCut. And I'll, from a, a technical standpoint, kind of show you what it looks like on a piece of content. Um, you know, it, so it sounds like a, a very bold, um, and Justin, do you mind? Cause I think it's just on my end, I'm getting feedback. If you want to mute on your end while I'm t- chatting, yeah. cause I'm getting something and again, I don't think anybody else can hear it, but, um, so it sounds like a, a bold claim, right? It's like 10 X your creative 10 X, whatever. But the reality is like, it's only, it only sounds that crazy when you think of creative in the way most people think of creative, which is this like singular thing, right? It's like, this is a single can of Red Bull, right? It's one thing, right? The The reality though is like, this is a finished product, but it's made of a bunch of things, right? So you go on the back of this and I actually didn't plan on using props. I just, this happened to conveniently be there and it, it kind of works for my thing. Um, there's ingredients in here, right? So there's a bunch of smaller components that make up this. So there's water and then there's probably a hundred different chemicals that are terrible for me that are in here that I'm going to drink in a bit. And so I look at creative the same way is there's this singular thing, which is the finished piece of creative, but a great piece of creative consists of lots of components, right? At, at the most general level, it has an intro, it has a body, it has a close. And then within all of that, there's specific things. There's, you know, the hook, there's problem agitation, there's, you know, uh, failed solutions you've attempted so far. There's all these other little pieces that kind of fall within the the further components. And so what we started looking at is like, okay, with TikTok specifically, we need so much creative, right? It's one of the biggest challenges. I've been now teaching TikTok for over a year, I've been doing it for over two years. And I would say, I can't say 100%, 99.9% of the time, the single biggest challenge people have, the single biggest complaint people have is I can't create enough creative to make this channel work for my business. Like I get it kind of to work, but then shit just fatigues. And I'm just like, I can't pump it out, right? So we were like, how do we figure out a, a solution that's uh, viable, both from a, a time 
perspective and also a financial perspective because a lot of people can't afford to just keep buying creative or shooting creative. Those two biggest constraints, right? Time and money. And so we said, well, what if you just took your creative, you looked at it as modular, and then you looked at the pieces, those modular components that have the kind of biggest impact on creative. And instead of trying to shoot, you know, five, 10, 20 totally unique different ads with totally different actors, with totally different settings, we took one of those pieces and we focused on creating lots of variations of that. And so that's what the Ford method's all about is modular creative, focusing on the most uh, impactful modular components in the creative, and then creating lots of those and then attaching that to the rest of the ad, right? So we have a core ad, a core angle. And so for example, like the one I'll show you today is like one of our courses, it's like six TikTok ad tips you need to know. So it's in the, the meat of the video is me hitting on six tips that you need to know. And then it closes out with the pitch for the course. So, okay, I had this core ad, I shot the ad. It was a really strong angle, it's worked. Now what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna write out 10 opening hooks. And for me, like specifically with short form creative, specifically with TikTok and then transcending that to, you know, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube shorts, Snap, all these other platforms that are becoming more and more short form focused. That hook is so impactful. It's so critical to the success of your video. And, and frankly, a lot of people even still today, like either are putting up ads that don't have a hook or it's just a really bad hook. And that's a challenge because like you're dealing with such a short attention span on this phone, right? Like you could have the best offer, the best pitch, the best product, the best service, the best clothes. You could be the best, you know, you could have all the, the NLP in there. You could have everything, right? But if the person doesn't stop scrolling and actually watch the ad, it's all irrelevant. And so for me, like, that's the thing. If I don't have a good hook, like nothing else matters. And so we put a lot of time and attention into that hook. And that's one of the things we test a lot of. And that's also one of the things like when you're thinking about creative fatigue, right? It's even if everybody has quote unquote senior ad, like hundred percent of your audience, which never happens, but let's say it happens, has quote unquote senior ad according to Facebook or according to TikTok. The reality is like, what they count as an impression, like you and I wouldn't really count as an impression, right? It's like they they like loosely saw your ad and probably weren't even aware of it. So most of those people actually never saw the meat of your ad. They never actually saw your pitch, never saw your offer, never saw your product. So you can get a lot of longevity out of a core ad just by testing different hooks and different angles on the front end, because you can either get more people to stop the scroll or speak to different subgroups of people. So you have this bigger audience. I know for us specifically right now, like a lot of our success is in broader, bigger audience. I know that, that seems to be happening a lot more on Facebook and other channels too. It's like broader, bigger audiences, letting the algo do its thing. You can use that hook to kind of do direct callouts to subgroups within that larger audience. So I can have the exact same ad, right? That kind of pitches the product, problems, all that stuff, but have the hook, have 10 different hooks that speak to 10 different subgroups of my audience or open with 10 different really, you know, specific types of problems that those specific subgroups have. And so that, that's kind of the core concept. And again, the, the reason why I call it Ford method, I know Tim, Tim is, Tim is always, was always the, like, you know, the, the godfather of names. And I always used to like, you know, over the, over the years, I was like, dude, like, how do you come up with names? And he's like, well, I just have a, a notebook of names. Then later I figure out that I just attach the name to the thing when I found the strategy. So my names are not nearly as good, but the, the underlying principle is like the, the, you know, Henry Ford revolutionized manufacturing and, and creating cars because he, he 
the assembly line, right? It's like, instead of one person building an entire car, we're going to groups of people that build a specific component, then it goes to the next group. And that way we can make a lot more cars, right? It's a lot more efficient. So that that's the, uh, the, the genesis of the name in case anybody, anybody actually cared or was wondering. Um, so what I want to do and feel free, Justin, like as I'm going, like if you have any questions, ask me or if people are, the last thing I want is to like go through something 30, 45 minutes. And then people are like, I lost you 30 minutes in. So feel free to hit me with any questions that come in as we go. Um, but I can share our sheet. We have a kind of a, a creative hub that we use for all of our clients. And then we'll dive into CapCut um, and, and look at an example there. The one thing I love about you is your sheets. So if you've never seen a Maxwell sheet, you're going to see just how big that brain is and that head is and that melon hat. Um, <laughs> his sheets are next level. Um, I know a lot of people from an agency and we were talking about agency stuff before this, but a lot of, when I see this as like an agency owner or like a, a lead on a team, it's like, wow, this looks like a lot of work to track this, to be able to report back the, to the client. Like everything just adds time. Obviously it adds, you know, you're going to see better, better ROAS, lower CPAs and things like that. But do you see a lot of this adding a lot on the ad buying side in terms of time and, you know, you know, because obviously that's what it comes down to in the agency world is, you know, retainer goes to time. Obviously this clients don't really realize when they're getting something like you versus a lower level agency, like the level of this that they're getting, how much time this actually takes, which correlates to a higher retainer, which in the agency world now, we all know how big of a pain clients can be um, and just how much margins have squeezed through the last year or so. So I'm just kind of interested on your thoughts on that. Yeah, the way I view it is um, there are, it's about like, do I make investments up front that then save me lots of time over the long run? Or do I try to save that time up front and knowing that over the coming months and years, I'm going to waste a lot more time. So it's like, yes, building things out, building out SOPs, building out sheets, building out whether you're using Supermetrics or Grow or whatever whatever software you're using, like takes time and some of that costs money. Um, but once it's built, everything just runs so much smoother. Everything runs so much easier. There's less, for me, it's always too, it's like, I want less questions, right? If you're if you're the owner of a business, if you're running the agency, you don't want to be spending your day answering the same question, dealing with the same problem, right? And this is a, a this is more of a macro level kind of operations uh, point here. It's like yeah. way too many business owners, especially smaller business owners, when they get the same question over and over again, they their instincts not to like, well, how do I put something in place so people stop asking this question? It's just like I'm just gonna keep answering it. Right. So if you get their same question or there's the same problem, or the same bottleneck in your business, it's not going to go away. It's going to get with scale, it's going to get bigger and more time consuming. So you should figure out how can I automate that? How can I solve that with an SOP, with a internal training, whatever it might be? So yeah, this sheet again, like took about time. And luckily for you guys, I'll just share it with you. So you don't have to even like build it your own. You can just have it and then you don't have to worry about it. But yeah, I think it's worth um worth putting the time up front to build out about stuff like this. And again, like I get kind of OCD about stuff. So I'll like make things look nice and I'll brand it and stuff. Like, you know, if this is internal, nobody gives a shit, right? It's like, you don't have to make it look nice as long as it just does the job. So don't feel like, Hey, I need to make the sheet needs to look like this and have these cool drop downs. It needs to have this logic in there. You don't need to have all the bells and whistles to, uh, to solve problems. Okay. So this is our um, creative hub 
tracker that we use, and this is a much, this is much bigger than like this one tab is kind of what we'll spend most of the time on. Um, but just, I'm sure you're looking at all this and wondering what it is and it's relevant to the, to the creative anyway. So I'll go through it. Basically we use this for a collaboration center for the entire team. So from the kind of creative strategist to the media buyer, to the actual UGC, any UGC creators or anybody that's kind of working on the account can work within this. So we have kind of a, a main sheet here, which is just, you know, guidelines, resources. So we'll drop in, hey, does the brand have a link to their guidelines, their, you know, brand guidelines, rules, things you need to follow, asset folder for any existing assets, any creative, any raw files they have, um, you know, supermetrics dashboard or whatever, you know, data, whatever you're using for your reporting, if you're tracking and analytics, you can put that in there. Um, and then we just, we, we add to this over time. Like um, we also have like a more detailed sheet. We kind of threw this in there just as like some quick tips. Um, but just things for like, hey, if you're shooting TikTok at Creative, here's some things to make sure you're you're doing. And then also having kind of a Spark ad step-by-step guide because um, we do a lot of Spark ads. A lot of people it have, this is again, like automation. A lot of people, like instead of just writing this down and putting it into a sheet, they'll just repeat the instructions every single person they need to do Spark ad with. And it's like, that's a waste of time. Just put it in there. You know, people are going to need to know how to do it. So just document it, give it to people. Um so then we have creative research. We have opening hook ideas library, text overlay idea library, video ideas library, finished creative library, and Spark Ads Tracker, kind of the main tabs. So for creative research, this is a huge part of uh, of TikTok specifically, but I think it's it's all this stuff I know today is like, it's a TikTok quote unquote training. Um, but what, what I really want to make clear to people is even if you never spend a dollar on TikTok, even if you never plan to run an ad on TikTok, even if you think TikTok is the dumbest, worst thing, and it's a, it's a fly by night fad, right? Even that's your logic, and that's that's cool. That's that's fair. You still need to know how to run TikTok. Like you still need to learn it because everybody else that you're running ads on is paying attention to TikTok and changing their models and changing their platforms to be more like TikTok, right? So Shorts, like with the like, is I think YouTube has a real shot. At actually like crushing TikTok. I think Shorts is blowing up. I think they're doing some really interesting things on the rev share model. It's going to attract more creators. It's way more attractive than TikTok on the payout side. Um, I think, you know, Instagram and Meta aren't going anywhere. You know, Meta, Instagram, Facebook aren't going anywhere. So Reels, you look at, you know, Snap, you look at any any channel out there really is, is pushing short form video. I wouldn't be surprised if Twitter started rolling out something more similar like this. Um, there's a lot of things that are going to be changing up over there. And also, you know, your average audience or targeting is spending a lot of time in these places. So, you know, if it works on TikTok, it's going to work other places. And the beauty is if it works on TikTok, this is why we usually go TikTok first or creative. It might fatigue quick there, but it's not going to fatigue quick other places. So you can get longevity out of it on Facebook, on Instagram, on other channels um, with the exact same piece of creative. So um, just a little caveat there in terms of like, why you should learn TikTok and why it's important and why like doing the research there also has applications to other channels. So we'll go through and we'll say, you know, this isn't, this is like a team collective effort here. Hey, go through every week, spend some time pulling out influencers that are, you know, in this market. So if it's women's beauty, if it's, you know, some type of energy drink, right? Who are the top influencers in the space linked to the profile, top brands that are crushing it both organically and unpaid. Um, because there are a lot of brands on TikTok that like aren't really doing much on paid, but have really figured it out on the organic side, like just 
crush it, right? So who are they? What are they doing? What trends are they tapping to? All the good stuff. Top hashtags, number of views around them. This is, you know, somewhat relevant because one, you can use it just for quick, quicker um, searching and filtering in the future for finding top content. And two, there's hashtag targeting on TikTok. It's kind of a crapshoot of like what hashtags are available. There's really no rhyme or reason as to like, it's not based on size because there's some hashtags in there that have like 2000 people in the audience, some that have, you know, 10 million, uh, but at least you just keep a list of it so you can try them in the future for targeting. Then we have down here, you know, fire creatives are really good creative that we see in the app. <clears throat> so username, link to the video. Then we have whoever found it right now, like, well, what made it great? Like basically what made you stop? What made you watch it? What were they doing there? What, what was impactful to you? That way we can pull those, pull those out when we're thinking about our creative. What was the opening text overlay? Um, what was the caption text or the description text? What was the length of the video? You can add to this too. This is kind of like all this stuff is base, right? So you can add, like, if you want to add more columns of, um, was it a guy? Was it a girl? Was it in, in it? Was it a green screen video? What type of video was it? So you can add whatever info you want to track. That's all, you know, all up to you. But this is kind of the base level stuff that you want to track there. I also recommend, I don't have it on here, but I recommend downloading the videos also because uh, sometimes the the link, TikTok can make changes to their kind of URL scheme that can change the link. The link might be broken. The person might make the video private. The video might come down, um, especially with ads. If you're doing things for ads, like just download the video and then link to the Dropbox or the drive. Um, you can use talkdownload.com, uh, T-O-K-download.com. It's free. Um, and the beauty thing about it is there's no pop-ups. There's no like any like that spammy shit these other places. So we're actually building out a uh, suite of software, by the way, just called Talk Tools. And um, so we have a lot of stuff rolling under that umbrella. A lot of it's free, right? Like there's some free things we put out there. So the, the downloader, there's a thing called Talk Comment, lets you build like sticker overlays for comment replies. Um, and then one of the tools that I want to show you guys, which I think it's freaking awesome. It, it's not a free tool, but it's um, what all the big players use right now is called uh, Talk Audit. That's this little Chrome extension up here, um, which basically lets you go to any profile on TikTok click that. And then you can basically filter their entire profile by like the last 30 days, their most viral videos, their most liked videos and most shared videos. You can scrape everything. You can download into a report. It's like a killer research tool. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, so our, our buddy, Michael Sanchez, who we've done it, uh, we have a partnership with, and we've rolled kind of his stuff under our, our umbrella um, is just uh, rockstar with all building all this stuff out. So what does that that's cost? A, you know, he's right now he's charging, he's charging like $5 a month. It's it's like stupid cheap. So, um, yeah, it's like five bucks a month, or like $90 a year or something like that. Um, we're obviously once we're like, we're in the stages right now, putting under like this bigger umbrella and then selling it as like a, a suite of tools. Um, we, we charge premiums. So we're like, dude, we're charging a lot more. So, um, so if you want to grab it, like now would be the time to go, um, and I, I don't get compensated for any of this, by the way, like our deals through, through us. So if you go sign up for him right now, like, you know, it all goes to him. So, um, but it's, it's a great tool. So that's, that's talk audit. Um, Chris, yeah, hit him up for uh, a deal or let's send something up with him for members. Uh, well, we'll yeah. So, so we'll do something directly with you guys. Um, let's, let's talk. We'll figure something out. Cause it's like our deal with him essentially is like, we're selling this. Like we're, it's, it's complex. I don't want to talk about it on the call, but um but yeah, yeah it's probably best for us to chat. Yep. Yeah. Because cool. we can do something cool there. You're not going to get like any, just for, for your guys' sake, like from a comp model, like 
the what how he's priced and structured it, it's like wouldn't it be fun for you guys at all financially. <laughs> there, there's no, no reason. Five dollars a month. I don't exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll work something out that'll be exciting for everyone and give everyone some sweet bonuses in the group. Um, so yeah, that's that's the creative research. Then we basically do the same. These are all kind of the same. These three tabs. So we basically just use these to store. Hey, if anybody on our team scrolling through TikTok, and or even IG other places, and we see like that was a killer hook, right? Like that video really got me. We're gonna store it in here. We're gonna write, um, you know, here's the um, the the hook. Here's the date added. Actually, I'm sorry. This is for us putting ideas. So the that's under the creative research. Um, this would be for us then like writing our own variation of it. So when we say this is a hook we want to try, we put the hook in here. This is the brand, the product that we're writing the hook for. Date added, um, client approval. So if we want, to, if we have clients that want to approve and sign off on anything, they come in here, mark it, approved, not approved. If it's not approved, throw some notes in there so we make edits to them, and then we can put in whether it's tested or not tested. Same thing with the opening text overlay, um, and then same thing, kind of the core video idea. So what's the angle? What's the idea for the video? Then we store all of our finished finished creative in here. So ad title, ad status, um, link to finished ad, creative tagging. It's a whole nother video to talk about. And then same thing with Spark Ads. So this is our Spark Ads tracker. So Spark Ads, anybody that's not familiar, is basically like existing post IDs from Facebook on TikTok. So if you if I post an actual TikTok to my profile and I want to run that as an ad, like as the actual TikTok, you create a authorization code. Um, a Spark ad code essentially, and and then can run that. Um, it also allows you if you're you know working with an influencer or a creator, and you want to run their video, they can create this code for you from their profile, send the code to you. They can then give it uh, basically 30 days, 60 days, 365 days of permission to the video, and then it expires. So this is just a great place to, especially for some brands that have a lot of creators, um, just to track everything. So hey, here's the video link, influencer name, contact email. Do we request permission? Do they give us permission? Here's the code. Any notes we need to know about, you know, to throw in there. So um, Spark Ad Tracker. And then just go back to the Ford method. So this is the kind of the tracker for that. Um, this can all be modified. So the way we initially roll things out is like a four by four method. Um, but this can, again, be totally modified based on your capacity and bandwidth. So four by four means we'll have like, four of one element, four of another element, and we combine them and make 16. So each week we would do for this example, um, kind of four core videos and then four text overlays. So here's, you know, each one of these video ideas, is like a totally different angle. Like one angle is going to be, Hey, we're going to do a, uh, a door to review video, meaning like package it right. Or we'll even go further. We'll do a a buy to review video. So we show starting with green screen, the person swiping and buying on the store, cut to the package, getting to the door, opening the door, cut to them unboxing, cut to them reviewing, cut to the pitch. Then we'll do one, it's a, a duet or a stitch, a reaction video. Then one will be, you know, a straight to cam, whatever it might be. So we have four kind of core ads there. We'll throw in, here's the video type, you know, one person, two roles, delivery to demo, duet, stitch, review, answering question, comment reply, opening hook, um, you know, video status, examples, inspiration, you know, approval, notes, and then we'll do four text overlays for this variation. So the the opening text overlay, super important because with TikTok, you don't have uh, the lug, like with a Facebook ad, you have more uh, uh, copy real estate, 
right? You have kind of your body text above the creative, then you have your creative, then you have your headline, then you have your subheadline, which again, not really used much anymore because most stuff's mobile, but you have more places where you can say stuff and it's clearly visible. With TikTok, you really have, you know, two lines of text and that's being generous. Usually it's one and a half. Um, you're, you're basically lucky if you get eight to 10 word, full words in for your actual copy of your ad. It's in the bottom right or bottom left. And it's usually not very visible depending on your, your video and your background, right? So it's like people aren't really reading it. So really your the way I look at it is like that text overlay that you open with, that you throw over the top of your video is like your, your headline. Like that's your ad headline. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people don't add any text in their videos, um, at least opening. They don't leverage that real estate. And for me, it's like those like three of the most important things when it comes to opening a video that I think every single video should have on TikTok, strong opening hook, strong opening text overlay, and strong opening motion. Like those are three things that I think are really critical. Um, the opening motion um, or opening kind of visual is like what's happening in the first three to five seconds visually uh, in the video to grab somebody's attention. So for example, like there's a, a video a while back that I, I saw where it was a guy in a car dealership holding a brick next to F-350 in the dealership on the showroom floor. And the video opens with him taking the brick and throwing it at the windshield, right? It's like, if I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see a dude holding a brick anywhere to throw at a car, like, I'm going to watch because that's really interesting and very different. I want to know what's going to happen, right? So that's a, a strong opening motion, something happening there. Uh, if you're just you talking to phone, talking to camera, no motion, no nothing interesting happening, no cool background, no cool setting, no nothing happening. You're, you're, you're blending in, right? It's like every single swipe, I see the same thing. I'm not going to stand out. So you're about like, what am I doing visually to stand out? So those are kind of the three elements that I think are really important for every, every TikTok and every ad in, in, in general to have those three things in the beginning. Um, even something as simple as like, in a lot of my videos, I'll wear like, I have a bunch of stuff from Noble, like neon pink, like shirt. I have like, you know, a pink hat, like I'll wear little things that just little things that stand out. It's like, I'm scrolling through and I see like bright neon colors. If I see a bright, like, that's why I do my background the way I do it. It's, it stands out. It pops a little bit and every little thing you can do to trigger dopamine, to grab attention, to stand out, gives you an advantage. It gives you, you know, higher likelihood that your ad's going to work. People are actually going to see it and pay attention. So you have four text overlays here, four core video ideas. And then you're able to combine these four to make 16 total ads. So this is like the um, kind of the initial kind of framework. Now, again, this can be modified. So if I, want, if I wanted to do it just based on like pure opening hooks and core videos, I could change this and do, hey, I'm going to do two video ideas this week. And I'm going to do, uh, you know, 10 intro hooks right here. So I'm going to shoot 10 intro hooks. I have two video ideas. Boom, now I have 20 unique ads that I can roll out this week. And the beautiful thing about this is shooting intro hook, once you kind of do it and once you you just once you start like thinking in that frame of like what can I say in a sentence to grab attention? How can I get curiosity? How can I, how can I, you know, make someone double take? Like, how can I say something in an interesting, engaging way? And you just get better about saying that and coming up with those ideas. Like you can do these really quickly. Like we have a like we also have a product that sell, like we like we update um we have a talk trends program that does like we'd send out trends and hooks every month so we have a massive list of it anyway because we're creating them but like i have a list of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hook ideas that i can go to and so for me it's like 
shooting hooks is so second nature and it's so easy and it takes almost no time at all. So now like this is what I want everyone to get in kind of this, this habit of is you shoot an ad, block out an extra few minutes and just shoot 10, 10 hooks, like 10 openers. It like, it, it's so easy to do it. You can do it so quickly and it just gives you extra variations of ads that you can test. Um, and so again, when I talk about like 10 X an ad, like it can be five X, it can be 10 X, it can be 20 X. Like it really comes down to, you know, how many ideas do you have on the hook side? How much, you know, how much time do you want to spend shooting hooks? Like it, it's not a massive amount of time to do this. That's a beautiful thing about this. It's like how many ads do you need? How many ads do you want to test and how creative can you be? And, and you could make this however many you want to make it. Cause it's like, you're not constrained by the same constraints of like, I need to come up with totally different angles and I need to be shot, you know, in different sets and different places. And like when you're shooting a whole new ad, there are additional constraints. And then it also takes more to edit, right? It's like editing a two minute video versus, Hey, I shot an extra three second hook and attached to an already edited video way quicker, way easier to do. And I can actually show you, we can dive into to CapCut as well of like kind of what this looks like example wise. So let's stop the share here. Let's go over to my phone. You love in your vibe board. What was that? You love in your vibe board. I do. I, I really like it. Um, I have found that I don't, I don't use it as much as I thought I was going to use it. Um, Me too. <laughs> I, I like, I like, actively look for reasons to use it. Cause I, I, when I do use it, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah. but I find myself using like, like I love my remarkable tablet. I probably use that more than anything. Um, I find myself just using that to write notes and do things. It is good every now and then. Like if I do like a deep brainstorming session where I really want to like have more room whiteboard stuff out. Um, but yeah, it's, I would say for like most people, it's probably not a, it's you know it's expensive for how much you're going to use it. That's yeah. the uh, might be sitting on there for about a year. I haven't even turned it on. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. I mean, it's a cool looking thing, and it's good if you're teaching. But it's yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it becomes an yeah. expensive paperweight sometimes. Yeah. Okay, so um, right now I have CapCut open, and um, uh, I was talking to Justin before because he said you know I've heard a lot about CapCut and stuff. Uh, there, there's a lot of apps out there for for video editing. Um, few reasons why I really like CapCut and why this is like what I basically edit everything in. Um, one, it's free and it's always great when we can get things for free as marketers because usually most of the shit we use costs money and it all adds up over time, right? You get like, you also have a hundred subscriptions for everything. Um, two, it's really powerful. It's like, there's a lot of free stuff out there. It's like really basic, um, has very limited features. The amount of stuff you can do in here, um, Everything from just like the auto captions, um, like auto captions are amazing. And then bulk edit, like I can do a full like session on just using CapCut, but even just like this text of how it animates. So like, you see how like the, the text animates with colors, like that's a built-in animation called the karaoke animation that you can bulk add to all the text. So I basically, mm -hmm. if I went into like one piece of text here, um, this must actually be a different video. Let me go into, there we go. 
So yeah, if I like bulk, if I like selected this and made some modifications to it, it would apply to basically all the text. So I can make one change to this text right here, adding that, you know, that karaoke effect, which is this one right here. And it would update all the text on here. Um, so I can make a quick modifications to, to everything. So really, really powerful. There's all kinds of, you know, uh, stickers and effects and they have all these different, you know, text templates, which I love. So things like if I want to add a airdrop, which I actually just did this for an ad yesterday. Um, I've been doing this where like you can add, you know, UI elements like, you know, airdrops or, or iPhone updates or iMessage, this little iMessage box here. Yeah, and you can cool. add the sound so I can add like the exact airdrop sound because you can extract a sound from mm. the video. So you can just go to, you know, I would go to like YouTube, I just like Google, hey, airdrop sound, screen record, recorded it, come in here, you know, uh, and then just you can basically go to uh, go back out, go to audio. I can go to extracted. I can click. This is actually it right here, this airdrop. Is this on the add, computer at all? Yeah, so they have a now they actually have a full uh, Mac app. They also have a desktop like web web app. Um, but yeah, so literally just extract that sound. Now I have the AirDrop sound. You can do the same thing. iMessage, you know, the Shopify sound, all kinds. I think there's uh, a lot of people are sleeping on that. I've been doing like sound effects for a while now, uh, especially early in the video because you can trigger dopamine hits with certain sounds people like really love. So the iMessage, email, uh, yeah. Shopify, there's little sounds people hear them. It triggers a little hit of dopamine. So and, and you can't. There's no way to get around that if you're a human being. Um, so what you're seeing here, um, that, sorry, that was the second reason. Third reason is owned by ByteDance, um, which owns TikTok. So they're owned by the same company. And so there's a lot of, of really deep native integrations, even things like just pulling in sounds. Um, so this actually pulls in sounds directly from TikTok. So you can actually save in your TikTok profile, like trending sounds and directly put them into CapCut from here. Um, so you can go to your, your folder and pull from device or whatever. So um, owned by ByteDance, which is great. Well, great from a, that perspective. I mean, it also means probably this is spying on you as well. So that's a whole other thing you can deal with, but um, from a business standpoint, it's great. Um, so what you're seeing here is like, basically I can shoot like this video, for example, is I wanted to share the underlying premise of the video was sharing 10 free hooks. So the core offer of this product is 900 of our top intro hooks from 2022. And so the ad angle is, hey, I'm going to share with you 10 of my favorite. So a little freebie, give you some value, engaging, good share rate, good engagement rate. So, and then I did it with like me, I've done a lot of versions of this, of giving away like how I position the hooks and what I'm doing and all that stuff. But this one was like me reading Breakthrough Advertising, me reading a book. So I'm reading a book while this is happening in the background. So Boom, I shoot this video, which is just me reading the book. And then I came in here and I just added the, you know, the text overlay, easy enough. And then what you'll notice is this part. So that once it gets out of that, so basically the close and the opening are obviously me wearing something different. So I just shot differently. So I basically said, okay, I have this core ad, which is me giving away 10 free hooks. Now I'm going to shoot versions of it where I can make different introductions. So this is, let's see. So I basically said, you know, 10 free power hook ideas in 30 seconds, let's go. So that's the hook. And then I come in here and there's other versions that I shot. Let me go back out. 
Um, I think it's this one. Yeah. So then here's another one. So this is basically, again, exact same main ad. All I did was sat down and shot another beginning intro. How many melon hats do you have? Um, I have, I have quite a lot. I have quite a lot of melon hats and and noble shoes. So melon and noble are uh, are uh, they they've gotten gotten me bad. Um, the benefit though with, with melon is that uh, my wife just wore hats, so she doesn't really give a shit. With noble, once I found noble, she started loving noble. So now we it's noble has really really gotten us bad. Yeah. Um. So you see here. So again, like this is now going to the exact same thing. Um, but I opened it differently. So hey, I'm gonna have 900 intro hook ideas for one dollar before I, you know, because I believe you should give before you ask. Here's 10 of my favorite hooks from this list for free. So you can do this all day long. So what I would what I did is basically, hey, shot this core video and I knew this this video worked well. And then what I did a few days later, because I knew this ad worked well, is hey, I want to run a lot more of this. I'm gonna spend a lot more on it. So I'm gonna knock out a bunch of hooks. So I wrote down here's you know. 10 different, I, I think, I forgot how many of these I actually wrote, quite a few opening hook ideas, sat down for, you know, 15 minutes, right at the computer right here, shot them back to back to back, came into CapCut and just created a new, you know, created a new project, uploaded, basically uploaded this main video. It's already done, already edited. The main body of it's already done. The call to action's already done. This whole end's already done. And then I just came in, clicked the little plus here, Grab the the video that was the opening hook. Um, I was actually just doing openers yesterday, so you can see there's like a bunch of these little clips in here. So that was just like the clip. Clicked add. Now I have that in there, and now I would just you know click export. Now I have a whole new ad, um, and I would just do that for the other you know the other nine intro hooks that I uploaded. Is that phone quality or using DSLR there? This one is a DSLR. Um, the one I just uploaded is from my my phone. Um, so I'll mix it up. Um, a lot of my stuff that I shoot is is at my desk, so I'll use the the camera I'm using right now, um, which is a, a Sony A6400. Um, but then, like, I'll still do a lot of stuff on my iPhone, especially for TikTok, because it just it's it's hit or it's the the challenge that I always deal with is that there's Things that like work better. So it's like, hey, you know, raw, organic, kind of non-polished stuff just generally works better on the platform. But the the caveat to that is like everyone starts knowing that and doing it and and then doesn't stand out. So it's like then doing something super polished, actually, because there's less of it, can stand out. And if you can do it in the way it doesn't feel very like corporate or like salesy or a big business, like there's an advantage to that. So I've actually seen a lot of success with like my style of stuff using high quality um camera with like kind of polished polished editing there the the biggest thing too is like a lot of this stuff like i'm not a, a editor like i i have no creative like i'll take that back. I, I think i'm a creative person but i know like creative like art skills like i'm not like i'm terrible at any of that stuff a lot of this is just like you're spending time in this app just like messing around with it and just experimenting like this doesn't take a long time. I know some of those people see my videos are like, Hey, how long did that take to like do all this stuff and the transitions, the cuts, like you, all this is on a cap cut. None of this is paid for. Um, you just get 
good at by doing it. And that's why I also like the modular approach because um, you spend more time doing stuff like this than like just, I'm going to shoot whole new ads, whole new ads, whole new ads, and start from scratch every time and spending more time doing this to make optimizations and tweaks and edits and, and just continue iterating and making creative better. Um, I think a lot of people assume that because this ad bombed, it's just like a bad ad. And the reality is like the ad could actually have been a great ad, but the the hook sucked and nobody watched it. And so it just bought, like you actually were sitting on something really good. And so I think a lot of people prematurely kill entire angles and entire ads just mm-hmm. because they haven't tested enough. So that's why I love this strategy because one, it's easiest way to increase your ad output. But the other part of it is that um, it allows you to uh, to potentially find winners that you might not have realized were winners because you just improved how it opened and got more people to actually watch the core ad. Yep, that makes sense. I know. I remember like a long time ago, you did a thumbnail, basically a version of this testing thumbnails, like having the same ad, you know, 10 times with different thumbnails looking at it. And that's reminding me of that. Yeah. And then you can do the same thing. Like this is the, you know, the outro again. So like you could do the same thing too with the close. So it's, hey, if you know that you have a really strong hook, the core ad's really good. You can also do the same thing, kind of editing the final, you know, 15 15% of the the video. So a different pitch, a different angle. Um, even if you have like, hey, this this ad could work for a, a similar offer, right? So maybe it's like the same type of product or some, a different version of product. We have a lot of things that like could be pitched in a similar way in terms of the value up front, but it's a different pitch. So it's, hey, I can use this ad that I knew crushed, make a slight tweak maybe, but then just change what it's cutting to at the end. So let me exit yeah. that. So that's the uh that's that in a a nutshell. Again, like not nothing crazy. Like this is you talked in the beginning about like strategy and thinking, right? It's like mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of us as marketers are programmed to like we want to constantly be thinking about like just revolution. I need this like big thing. And it's like this crazy new hack or this crazy, it needs to be totally innovative, totally crazy. And I think sometimes we like skip over the obvious stuff because it seems obvious, seems too easy. It's like, this is just like easy. Like I like things that are easy. I like things that aren't complex and aren't crazy. Even though sometimes stuff that we come up with is crazy and complex. Like I'd much rather find things that like, Hey, this takes a lot less time. It's not a lot of energy, but it has a big impact. And so, so this for us has been like, one of those things where it's like no brainer, easy to implement, saves a ton of time, saves a lot of money, has a, a very large impact on our, our creative output, which in turn has a massive impact on our performance as, as a company. Yeah, no, that makes, makes sense. Um, are you seeing like what kind of, for people that aren't, would you say aren't, I know this is a hard question to answer, obviously, but. I think a lot of people obviously don't think to this level, you know, like you said, the majority, and I even see, I even see it in the media buying world where people optimize at the ad level first versus optimizing at the ad level, you know, and they just don't go down to the level of detail and start optimizing properly for somebody that hasn't implemented something like this, such as like your thumbnail thing or 
really getting to a strategic testing method of this. Like, what do you think is the the level of say they're at a hundred dollar CPA? I mean, I would think that you're looking at 20 to 30 percent easy slices on CPAs once you actually are testing to that granular level to find different angles that you can then expand upon. I mean, you're talking significant decreases or increases in ROAS or decreases in, in you know acquisition costs, I would say. Yeah. I mean, everything we do, if we're going to do it, it's like, it needs to have a, a meaningful impact on performance, right? So we're, we're rarely going to do something or we're rarely going to do something at this level. If it's like a single digit percent impact on, on any one of our core KPIs that we look at. Um, so yeah, I mean, this finding just like a great hook can easily, you know, kind of slash CPAs 20, 30, 40%. Um, and again, like it's, it's, it's a combination of, okay, this can slash cost, but the other kind of equally important thing in my viewpoint is extending the longevity of how long I can run that high performing ad, right? Cause yep. like you can find a winning ad that like this just all of a sudden double my profitability, but if it dies in five days, like I made a few grand, like, cool. Yeah. That's, that's not really, really exciting. Sustainable. Yeah. What do you see as long like for longevity on TikTok? Like, what do you see as typically a length of an ad that couple of weeks? At the, at the at max, like at the most. Um, I mean, once you're spending like a decent amount, like, you know, a few thousand a day, even like a thousand a day, I mean, you're lucky if you get two weeks out of a piece of creative. Um, and there's, there's a variety of reasons we can dive in here is like why creative fatigues like on in quote unquote, when I say like fatigue is like in air quotes, because a lot of it's not, not having to do with necessarily like total audience saturation. A lot of it has to do with like TikTok algorithm being so heavily built around creative and like they, they've built the most addictive ad platform in the world. Like they're, they're kind of intentionally programming in there, like ways to kind of penalize you to like, not just get lazy. Like they want advertisers making creative. So they're going to reward advertisers that do, and they're going to penalize ones that don't. And that's kind of been baked into how things perform. Um, but they, they are running out, like they're, they're beta testing right now. One of our ad accounts, um, a new feature has some weird acronym. I think auto, auto creative generation. No, auto so ACO has been there for, it's, 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 ACE, it's ACG, I think auto, auto creative generation. And basically it's under ACO. It's a, it's a new thing. Um, it's not rolled out platform wide yet. It's still in beta, but essentially it's like allows you, you can upload all your, your videos into ACO. And then on, there's like a box pops underneath saying like generate variations. Um, and it's kind of like a play on this to a, to a degree. It'll essentially then create a bunch of different variations with different transitions or effects. They're not great yet. Um, and then it also pulls in historical best performers that haven't been run for a while. And then essentially what will happen is like once they're, their algo basically predicts or sees that individual creative is fatiguing. They'll cycle in a variation of it automatically. Um, so they try to combat fatigue and extend the length of that campaign by cycling in variations um, in, a, in a dynamic fashion. So that's being beta test right now. It's um, the concept is great. The actual, like the variations they generate, like, Sometimes it's like, they just add like a filter over and it's like a shitty, like it's like a girly filter, like literally like it, sometimes it's not congruent. Um, but I think, I think especially it'll get better. A, especially if it's a brand that has like, if it's the one brand that 
that I do on TikTok is pretty high level and they have strict, you know, brand guidelines and standards where even I, I can see that maybe like kind of a, not without seeing it. I haven't seen it. I'm going to have to send my TikTok up an email after this, but I would think that it's probably going to cross things either way. If you have a different messaging in an ad, it's going to mix it up and it's probably not going to flow very well, I would assume. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, ask rough about it. And then I would say, so just back to your, and I'm happy to answer, if anyone has any questions, happy to answer any questions too. I would say back to your, you had a, a point um, you said just like a minute or two ago about, you know, a lot of, of media buyers focusing on just like, you know, ad set level stuff and, and, you know, trying to do different things there. Mm-hmm. My position in like 2023 and beyond, I think this is a message like to all media buyers. I, I, and I actually, I've been thinking and saying this for, for quite a while. Like, I think the core of what a media buyer does is quickly becoming obsolete um, in the sense that a lot of it is going to be done better, more efficiently by the kind of algorithms that these platforms have, right? And just the the tools they're building, right? You look at like what OpenAI has done, ChatGPT has 5 million users in the first month. It's like, there's, and again, it's not perfect yet, still, you know, not going to do a lot of stuff, but like we're on our way. And so there's just less uh, arbitrage opportunity. There's less of a gap for people to like profit off of these hacks, right? It's like, you know, if I dupe an ad set six times versus five times, and I set, I do a manual bid strategy where I start at this bid and then incrementally increase it by 2% every 20, like there's all these things that for years, a lot of media buyers have been like, I figured this out and I made a lot of money because I found this kind of hole in the system. I was able to exploit it. What I would tell every media buyers, like what you should be focusing on is things that are going to be much harder and take longer for any type of AI and software to do. And so I think when it comes down to things like copywriting, when it comes down to things like uh, creative ideation, high level strategy, offer optimization, there's all these things that like, that's a lot harder for a, a piece of code essentially to do and think like a human and understand nuances and yeah. humor and sarcasm and current events. And so this stuff like creative hooks, angles, like these are things that are needle movers and are going to become more and more valuable over the coming years as you know a lot of businesses really struggle to to think like that yeah makes sense one question on art and i don't i don't know if you've gotten this but i i mean you're probably i would say level up on me on tiktok because i'm still i hate the platform myself but i our reps said and i don't know if you've seen this they keep punching this down our throats of having, you know, with Facebook having post IDs duplicated across multiple ad sets, but they like tell us the opposite. You should never have the same ad in more than one ad set because the algorithm and the AI doesn't like that. I haven't experienced anything that I've noticed that has caused issues, but have you heard that before from any of your higher level people that you worked with? No, that's like, it's interesting. That's uh, I've never heard not having the, they at some level they say you know hey if you're like from a duplication sample it's identical so if you have you know marketing advertising interest and it's running these four ads and you dupe it and run the same four ads they don't they don't like that they try to like advise against that different um, audiences even like they're, you know but, we have a look like for purchase and then we'll have a broad audience and they're telling us and I don't I don't listen to them but they're saying no that. I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't listen to uh to that specific advice that's uh never I've never seen that and never we never had issues 
with uh, with that before. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what I figured. Well, I want to thank you. I'd like to stay on the call with you and let's hash a few things out in the live. But um, if you guys have any questions, Max is not in the group because he doesn't have a Facebook profile. <laughs> so Max, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, if they have questions on the Ford method or anything else or want to work with you, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, probably DMing me either on uh, Instagram at Max Finn. Um, also, I've started getting way more active on Twitter the last month. Um, I'm just having a lot of fun on there. So at Maxwell Finn um, on on Twitter, um, and then on uh, on TikTok, we don't even worry about because you can't really message me. I have to I have to follow you to like message me. So the best would just be if you want to actually message me something like just Instagram or or Twitter. Um, you okay. can tweet me at something there. Okay. Yeah. And if you guys have any. Questions and can't get in touch with them, let me know and I can definitely reach out to him as well. Um, but I want to thank you for your time. Um, if you want to hang out, I have a couple of questions for you. Yep, of course, man. From there, but I know you're a busy guy, so I, I appreciate it. I always love doing these with you. Um, so thank you. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah.